Devin here bringing you our final week of our free people series uh, we've been talking about rules and freedom and that relationship and to wrap up this series I have a super important first question to ask you guys and that is what is the last movie that you watched I want you to think about that really quick uh, what was the most recent movie that you watched uh, for me actually that would be uh, Thor Ragnarok actually I watched that a few days ago um, so in this movie that you watched, was there some kind of conflict between the characters? I want you to think about what was the conflict and what caused that conflict. Um, a lot of movies have this in them. Um, not the movie I was watching, but an example would be like in, in the same series, but in Avengers, um, in Endgame, uh, Thanos, the conflict obviously is that Thanos is trying to destroy half of humanity. Um, but to resolve that conflict, Iron Man um, sacrifices t uh, to defeat him. Um, but every day, uh, countless rules guide our lives. And there are obvious ones like school rules, uh, which is no running in the hallways. Uh, there's house rules, like be home before curfew. And then there's laws that we follow that are uh, things like don't kill anybody, right? Uh, but our lives are also dictated by rules we don't always think about. Um, there's certain things like laws of nature, uh, which is like gra gravity, cause and effect, um, passing of time. There's also social norms, which is basically don't be a jerk, uh, don't point or stare, hold the door for the person behind you, all things that we learn as we're growing up. Um, and then lastly, there's also moral rules, which is to do what's right, don't lie, cheat, betray, mock, or be cruel to other people. Um, in real life and in movies, there are consequences for breaking rules. Breaking a law like, might lead to a punishment. Trying to break a law of nature like gravity will probably lead to an injury. And breaking rules that negatively impact others will often result in conflict. Um, so I want you to think to yourself as I ask a couple more questions just in your own head. Uh, where you're at with these. Have you ever had a conflict with someone in authority? Maybe they gave you a curfew, thought it was too early. Uh, you were laughing with your friend in class or practice when you were supposed to be paying attention. Maybe I did something as your youth leader that you called out and you didn't like it, or there was just something in my position of authority that you didn't like. Um, question two, have you ever had a conflict with a friend? Maybe one of you was jealous of the other. Maybe someone said something hurtful. Maybe it was just a misunderstanding or a miscommunication. Uh, question three, have you been in a conflict with someone this week? Maybe today. Or are you in a conflict with someone right now? Conflict is an unavoidable part of life, which is why we need to talk about it. We need to know what to do when we're angry with someone because they hurt us. And we need to know what to do when someone is upset with us because of how we've hurt them. If you've been here for the last few weeks, you know we've been talking a lot about God's law. Um, today we're going to see how breaking God's law leads to conflict with each other. But God's law does not mean laws like don't eat shrimp or don't wear clothes made of two different kinds of fabrics, uh, like those laws that we learned about that are in the Old Testament. When we talk about God's law, we're talking about one single commandment from Jesus, which is the, the law of love. God, God calls us to love God and to love others as ourselves. So whether you think of this as uh, one command or two, we've been talking about how to view 
rules, freedom, and authority with Jesus' law of love in mind. And according to Jesus, as long as we're following his rule, we're following all of the rules that really matter. So when we find ourselves in conflict with someone else, I wonder how often it's because someone has broken Jesus' law of love. Um, And another person who tried to view things with the law of love in mind was James. Uh, We've been talking about James all month. Um, Just in a quick recap, see if you can remember who was the brother of James. It was actually Jesus. Uh, Jesus, And James led the church of Jerusalem. He wrote the book of James. um, And his goal in life was really to learn or to show Jesus followers how to learn to love God and others. Um, Because James was leading a lot of people, you can be sure he helped his community resolve tons of conflict. And when he did, you can be sure he was working hard to advise them according to Jesus' law of love. So we're going to be in James uh, chapter 4. We're going to read the first couple of verses 1 through 3. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So let's break down basically what James is talking about here, right? Um, People had been fighting. This isn't really a surprise, right? People fight constantly. They fight all the time. We saw a few minutes ago... um, how many of us are in conflict with others right now, right? We did that little quiz of thinking about what the conflicts going on in your life. Disagreeing with someone doesn't necessarily mean you're not being loving, but many of our conflicts happen because we haven't loved others like we love ourselves. Second, selfishness and jealousy cause conflict. And I think we can all be selfish at times. We want to get our way, be right have what someone else has, or be the best, and those desires lead to conflict. But we can't love others and be jealous of or selfish at the same time. Third, we scheme to get what we want. You and I may have never killed anyone to get our way, but we've probably come up with a good scheme or two in order to get what we want. But we can't love others while manipulating, making demands, or pressuring people to get what we want. And lastly, our motives are often wrong. James reminds us that God doesn't honor selfish motives. If you're not getting what you want, and that's even if you've been praying for it, maybe it's because you've been asking with selfish motives, because we can't truly be loving while being self-serving. James is describing me-centered thinking, and this is not what Jesus meant when he said to love God and love others as we love ourselves. We can't follow the law of love and be me-centered at the same time. And now this might seem sound strange uh, for some of you to hear at church, but you are free to do whatever you'd like. Are you free to be selfish? Yep. Are you free to speak badly about others? Also true. Are you free to be judgmental? Yes. Are you free to be bitter, arrogant, cruel, resentful, impatient, unkind, or rude? The answer to that is yes. Nothing you do will change God's love for you, but if you do these things, Would you be fulfilling Jesus' law of love? And the answer to that is no. We might think freedom means doing whatever you want, whenever we want, but can you imagine the consequences of that? If you lived your life entirely for yourself, do you think you'd be happy? Do you think you'd be fulfilled? 
And do you think you'd have meaningful relationships with others? And I don't think that would be true. So what's the alternative to me-centered thinking? How do we avoid unnecessary conflict with others? And how do we resolve conflicts when they happen? And how do we do all of this according to Jesus' law of love? Maybe the best thing we can do is to look to the one who gave us the law of love. Because it's not just Jesus' words that taught us or that teach us how to love, it's his actions as well. So this first passage I'm going to read to you are the words of Jesus. And the second passage recounts the actions of Jesus. So first we're going to be in John chapter 15, uh, verses 12 and 13. So here Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no no one greater greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends and now we're going to move over to first john uh, chapter 3 verse 16 and this one says this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters so jesus was god which meant he really did have the freedom to do whatever he wanted the, this whole universe is his, along with everything and everyone in it. He has the power to do anything he wants to do at any time. But what did he do? He gave up his life. Jesus chose to give up his freedom in two different ways. So although he was God, he chose to humble himself by inhabiting a human body here on earth. He chose to give up his own life, submitting to torture and death. So why did he do it? Because he loves us and wanted us to be free. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus gave us freedom we could never have found on our own. He gave us freedom from sin and condemnation forever. And he gave us freedom to live a full and abundant life right now. Jesus freely gave up his freedom in order to love you and me, and then he told us to do the same for each other. And that's the ironic thing about freedom, right? free people give up their freedoms for others and it's not because they have to but because they choose to in love if we think back to what we were talking about earlier with those movies there's so many movies where one character makes a huge sacrifice to save the others in the film right there's some there's something about these scenes that move us um they've been around for so long and these stories of sacrifice remind me of the sacrifice that Jesus made in order to save me. I think it comes from, I mean, I would assume that there is an innate desire within humans to, um, or to feel compelled and impassioned by uh, sacrifice. And I think that stems from something that God put in us to see, to, to feel the, the weight of Jesus' sacrifice that he made for us. And, and even though it's not, it's easy for me to, or it is easy for me to be selfish and self-centered, uh, these stories of sacrifice show me that deep down, I want to be someone who's willing to make sacrifices for the people I love, and I think you all listening do as well. True freedom is found when you love God and others first. You're free to be in charge of your own life and to live it without Jesus, but you'll find greater freedom when you let him lead you. You're free to make yourself the center of your own universe at the expense of your relationship with others. But you'll find greater freedom when you when you give up some of your freedoms in order to love others well. 
And when you give up some of your freedoms in order to love God and others, you'll discover a more fulfilling kind of life. Your relationships will deepen. You'll grow in kindness, patience, forgiveness, compassion, and grace. And you'll grow closer to your creator. So as we're thinking about um, earlier, we were thinking in our own head um, how we experience conflict in our own life. Uh, Right now, I want you to think of someone you currently have a conflict with or you often have conflict with. So get a name, write their name uh, on a piece of paper, whatever you need to do to remind you of that person and remind you that there's something about your relationship with them that's holding you both back from freedom. Maybe it's a hurt or offense that needs to be confessed or forgiven. Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's your me-centered thinking. Even if you're sure they're the problem in your relationships, your your actions are either adding to or helping to solve the conflict. On the rest of um, this time, if, if you're thinking about things, I want you to be thinking of some ideas about how you might be able to sacrificially love that person better. And I've got a few ideas to get you started. Uh, This first one is, when have you put others first? So you know how to make sacrifices for others when you had a conflict. I know you've done done it before. So take a moment to think about ways you've put others first in the past. Maybe you were the first to apologize. Maybe you're the first, um, or that you didn't respond in anger to somebody. Even when you had a really good uh, comeback or retort prepared for that person. Or maybe you chose to listen instead of speak. So next, when have others put you first? So now think about a time when someone else made a sacrifice for you. Maybe they always put you first because they're your parent. Maybe they did something difficult or uncomfortable to show you they loved you. Or said or gave you something meaningful. And third, how have you been putting yourself first? So now be honest. When it comes to the person you've been in conflict with, How have you put yourself first? Have you said hurtful things because it made you feel better? Have you ignored them? Mocked or talked badly about them? Maybe lied about them? Or maybe you've been stubborn, difficult, dramatic, rude, or defiant towards them. Sure, you're free to act this way, but it's harming your relationship with this person and keeping you from following Jesus' law of love. So what can you do differently? How can you give up some of your freedoms like the freedom to say or do whatever you want, in order to love them like Jesus loved you? And how can you sacrifice for them? So keep in mind, putting others first doesn't mean you stop taking care of yourself. You'd be pretty unhealthy if you did that. Jesus isn't calling us to make so many sacrifices for others that we become unhealthy ourselves. But I'm guessing there are some sacrifices you can make for others that would help you move away from me-centered thinking and start living with more love. Just like Jesus gave up, gave up his freedoms in order to love you, there's something you can do to sacrificially love someone else, especially someone you're fighting with. Free people give up their freedoms for others, not because they have to, but because they choose to in love. Thanks, guys. Uh, I hope you have a good week. I hope that this series has uh, helped in some way as we're learning um, how to be free through authority and following authority and learning about conflicts and all this, um, these topics that we've talked about, they can all be a little bit touchy. I understand that totally. Um, but I'm, I'm just hoping that this has been helpful in some way. I'm excited to start a new series for, with you guys next week. 
um, and I'll introduce that uh, next time. So we'll see you then.